0: Follow up to me is not just you know a couple drip sequences to me. It's it's more of like a process, a system of how you do things when a lead comes into your into your system. What is it that you actually do? If you have a team, that's much harder to implement because now you have to sit down and, and get everybody on board and how they're going to do it all simultaneously at the same time. If it's just you, if you're running solo, it's easy. You just keep try, just try out things, but you you make sure that you know you figure out the way I'm going to do it and. and, and do it from now on.
1: Hey friends, welcome back to the CareCast podcast, where we help agents and investors build businesses of freedom and impact by dialing in your online marketing. My name is Brady, I'm your host, and I got my buddy with me here, a second time, CareCast guest, uh, Paul DeCampo. What's up, Paul?
0: What's going on, man? Glad to be on.
1: Good to have you back. Did I say there is a Paul DeCampo?
0: That works. (laughs) Paul
1: I'm used to people messing up winder, winder, like every day. So I feel you. Um, Everybody, it's uh, deal closers month at Carrot. So go to carrot.com slash close. That's where all of our content is on closing deals, sales negotiation, follow up, everything under the sun about uh, not letting deals slip through the cracks. And so what we're talking about today, the reason I brought Paul on is follow-up i feel like for some people for some investors this is a bad word it's like oh my gosh it's that thing that i know i should do or know i should be better at but i'm not and some of you are killing it some of you are doing this manually some of you have it automated Uh, but i brought paul on because he understands follow-up uh he's a great copywriter he understands human psychology he understands sales and he understands automations. And so when you put all those things together, and he understands investing, and I'll let him give you uh, his background, but he understands investors. Um, when you put all those things together, it makes for something really powerful. So that's why I want to bring him on the podcast, talk about what he's doing. So um, yeah, Paul, give me just a, like a, give me the 10,000 foot view of like, how you went from, you know, investing to where we are now, or whatever that story is.
0: Yeah. So uh try to make this quick, but back in 2015, is when, um kind of when when it all happened um like everybody not not no no dramatic um sexy story just read rich said poor dad died yeah. into bigger pockets got in that rabbit hole and um i started uh wholesaling at that time uh so i did everything under the sun cold call door knocking um uh sending direct mail sending lots of direct mail and then uh shifted from from Buying, flipping mobile homes on a, like, Lonnie deals, flipping them into notes, buying land, buying Robic land that became kind of a, vol- a small little volume business for me. Uh, but while I was doing all that, I also, uh, by kind of by accident, became a copywriter. Actually, Investor Carrot was my first client. So, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you of,
1: go back in our blog archive, you can find blogs. So, challenge any listeners: go back in our blog and just go all the way back. You'll find Paul's written some of our blog articles. Back yeah,
0: there. yeah, there's some stuff there written. Um, I, was, I was mainly dealing with your concierge clients, a couple other things, and then, but uh, kind of dove into that rabbit hole, like the whole direct response world. Um, really was fascinated by it. Uh, started my own little email list. Did um, it's, some it's info publishing. Had a had a podcast going. was doing a lot of things had a little like i remember trevor talking about having little all the all the pumpkin vines out Mm. pumpkin vines right so i had a lot of those pumpkin vines going out and i had other clients too i said i was taking some some had some like i had a a land developer as a client writing direct mail packages for them so that was kind of fun they're selling like hotels and things like that um and then uh kind of hit and I was working at W two at the same time. I was a, a pipeline, a, a natural gas pipeline foreman and welder, and mm. uh, which was actually really good money. Um, but I wanted to get out. I just I wanted to be on my own. I wanted uh, to not be. I think everybody can relate. Not work under the man, right? Everybody can relate.
2: Oh yeah. Me. So
0: um, back uh, about three years ago, I, I I quit that because I had enough freelance clients. I had some. I had notes too. I had income from my notes that I, I generated. Uh, so I started cutting the, the fines as, as Trevor talked about, yeah. and, um, uh, took freelancing kind of pretty seriously. And then I created this, uh, my own little business here, uh, called on me drip that we, where we create uh, follow up systems for investors based off of copy principles, uh, based off of marketing principles, um, based off of what I see, not just in real estate, outside of real estate, because I manage, uh. Uh, other businesses, e com, print shops, uh, coaching, and all that. So, uh, all the marketing uh, under those uh, industries. So, um, taking everything I've learned and planning it into what I call Drip. So, that's basically, yeah. yeah. And since 2015, that's my story.
1: Yeah, that's a fun journey. I didn't know you were welding, man. You could probably, if you ever got tired of copywriting, you could probably just go become, go start welding again, make triple your money now because there's a giant trades gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was, uh, I was a, uh, oxyacetylene welder. So that's like archaic. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I could probably pick up two welding. Um, if I, you know, if I, if I wanted to.
1: that's cool, man. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, everybody listening, we're going to be talking about like how Paul is automating and how you can automate some of your follow-up. Um, we're going to talk about some of the sequences he's using that he's written that he helps investors deploy in their CRM. So you could really take the, the time suck out of follow-up. Um, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. One thing I wanted to talk about um, as we dive into follow-up, because it, it applies, is... Uh, SMS, texting, I don't know why we, I feel like in the industry, like maybe it's just marketers call it SMS. Like this is not how people talk in the street. I just find that funny. Right. But the future of SMS, FCC is cracking down hard on text messaging. Compliance is a huge deal right now. Um, what are you seeing? What kind of changes are you seeing with compliance and how, like can people still text? Is it viable?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'll give my opinion and not necessarily not in some. Facts into it as well, uh, so I'm not an expert in all this. I mean, I, I'm actually probably going to speak with a FCC lawyer who, who can fill me in a little bit more. Just so that I'm interested in the, more in the topic, but um, so I, nothing has really changed for SMS in terms of what you can and cannot do. It's just what are the consequences now, right? So uh, email and and SMS are kind are under the same rules. And for email, um, I you know you have to have, you can't send for, for business to consumer B 2 C. You can't send uns- unsolicited emails. So that's the same rules for SMS. You technically, legally, you can't send unsolicited text messages. So these new rules are just cracking down on that, making that almost near impossible for people to do. So it's not just investors. Solar companies have been doing it. Um, uh, even government agencies <laughs> do it sometimes. I see a text from like uh, the county. Uh, unsolicited text from the county. So people have been doing it, and it's just FCC's getting tired of uh, of it. They're cracking down the carriers, and carriers now have to restrict these things a little bit more by by creating the ten DLC. Um, and so, so they're 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 watching it a lot better, so that you can't do a cold unsolicited text message anymore. Um, so that's the, that right there. Probably you know in a year or two, maybe sooner. Probably going on right now, you can't do any cold texting. Um, I know there's probably some platforms that are you're squeaking on by still, but um but that still affects follow-up though. It still affects SMS follow-up. So yeah. So, you know, I, I manage SMS list for uh, SMS marketing list for an e-com business that, that does it right. And we had a lawyer come in, we had carrier come in and take a look at it, make sure we're doing it right. And what I learned from that is is the two biggest things. The two biggest takeaways from that was um for one, you have to have consent from the beginning. I know this is not the norm for investors like consent. We never like, I'm just going to send them a, I'm just going to send a test <laughs> of like consent. Yeah. But, uh, that's going to have to be the, the landscape. It always has been the landscape for, for businesses. And then, yeah. So they've always had consent. I mean, if consent in the terms of there's an opt in box or if it's not, not coming from your form, your web form, you're sending them one of those, um, those, those text generated, um, consent things like right, reply, reply,
1: yes or no. Yeah.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So that. if you're listening, I don't want to even cut you off, but carrot members listening to this, go to help.carrot.com and search for it. We've got an article. I might even link it up in the show notes. We've got an article on how to do this on your carrot site. So you put the consent thing on your website if you plan on following up with people via text message. I'd highly, highly recommend you do that so you don't get blocked. That's all I,
0: I don't think this is a bad thing, by the way. If people think it's the end of the world, they can't do SMS help. I don't think this is a bad thing because uh, if you do everything legitimately and correct, what that means is that there's just gonna be a lot less clutter, a lot less clutter of, uh, lot, lot, lot less clutter in people's inboxes, what I mean. Um, more, yeah. more, more of you in their inbox rather than a million other people in their inbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, however, of course, it's going to minimize your list. It's gonna, now it's gonna be less people that, that you can actually follow up. And the, the second thing I, I didn't mention is your, you're removing people when they say stop right you're actually removing them um, and so uh, so that the the bad thing that may look like a bad thing is hey, I am going to have smaller list of people to follow up with uh, with SMS um, but there's still other mechanisms know I mean, SMS is just one way to follow up right so uh, yeah. I, I think and I've been pushing this from from my to my own clients my own email list is start using direct mail for follow for actual for actual follow up with your list. Um, there's all kinds of ways to do it. We implement it in Omnidrip. We have, I have like my own templates where we plug in and we use, a, uh, an, an external print shop that fulfills it. And, um, and it's follow-up miss. It's not, it's not the generic, Hey, I'm going to buy your house, um, mail. It's more um, in terms of you've already spoke with them type of message, you
2: mm-hmm. know? So, um, okay.
0: yeah, so, so you know, the easiest way to do something like that. And I, and I've, I, this is how I, I pull some clients, what they can do today. Is um, they can pull, uh, export a list of all their unresponded leads, um, all their ghosted leads, um, and and do that maybe once a month and mail them. Um, you know, it's, it's not it's not a big cost. You know, you're talking about less a, a dollar or less for for mailer, and you, you're not going to have that many of these, right? And you can pull that list and send them that um, some some new some new template you created that's based off of you following up. Right. Uh, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Basically once a month going through all the leads that you've been ghosted by, okay, we're going to bail them, maybe put them into a drip sequence.
0: Right. There it's, there's a reason why they're ghosting. Um, and it could be they're they're they're, they're just not a lead anymore. In that case, you've got to purge them out. Yeah. You got to keep a clean list. I think that's going to be, uh, paramount in the next couple of years is keeping a really clean list because Mm -hmm. what, what these, um, carriers are going to be looking out for like how do they determine to send to send your text message or not it's going to be based off of your an email they call it domain reputation so your, your reputation of your number and so if you're somebody who gets a ton of spam complaints um that's a red flag it's not so much i you know i could be wrong about this this is this is opinion, not fact but um it's not so much the actual content that you're sending i think there's there's been people telling me this. It's like, oh, well, the content you got to move cash and prop. The words "cash property" has is, which doesn't make any sense to me on a on on the basis of like of of me writing an email and text messaging to a warm list. We had one lawyer and we had a carrier uh, carrier look at our list and content was 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 never mentioned. It was mainly those those two things that I said keep, uh, that keep a clean list, making sure you uh, people consent to the opt in. And that you unsubscribe people you, you remove them uh, when they ask to be removed right those are the two yeah. biggest things um so then if you understand that if you understand, i got to keep a clean list the, the content is kind of you know it's, it's like the last thing It's not it's the unimportant thing to really consider um mm-hmm. that's how i manage e- I, I i that's how i manage email manage uh, sms for my own like uh, freelance clients um i never look at like content never look at i should I put in the word "click here" or not? Um, as long as I keep a good, clean uh, relationship with my list, and content doesn't matter, and I keep the, I keep the e- emails in the primary.
1: So interesting. It's that's a good perspective. It's more about the intent as opposed to the actual the keywords, the content. Like we get the same thing. We're sending emails in Keep or Infusionsoft, and oh, spam warning because you're talking about acquiring large sums of money or some crap like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is. Well, one, it's legitimate. Two, it doesn't. The software doesn't understand the context, so it's more about not getting complaints and having the right and intent.
0: There, there is some truth to that, but th- what I'm getting at is that if you're keeping a clean list and a st- and a strong relationship with your list, um, that is that's sixty eighty percent of the battle right there in
2: deliverability. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so
0: um, yeah, so going back to uh, yeah, the SMS thing, the playing field, it's going to change, but I, I think it's, it, I think it's a good thing for people who keep things legitimate. And then you can just always, and, and I, I advocate for increasing, you using direct, direct mail as a follow-up mechanism.
1: Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's still effective. Pretty much always has been. It's direct mail still working. We advocate for it if you're, if you're doing offline marketing. Um, tell me about, um, what do you see from invest- like you work with a lot of investors you're writing these things for people, you're implementing it into their c r m s Why do you feel like most investors are just like not doing the little bit of work to get the extra juice you know like letting ten thousand thirty 000, forty thousand dollar deals slip through the cracks just because there's no follow up system in place you know why do you- like what's the resistance there
0: um it- it's it's probably just it's probably the amount yeah as as entrepreneurs we have a ton of stuff to do so it's not it's just a matter of creating the system for it creating a process for actually doing it um so yeah i mean that uh, there's a ton of stuff that i should be doing as well in my own business on there's there's <laughs> yeah. you know and and uh, i have my my quote one thing that i'm working on right now with that project that we're working on and everything else kind of takes goes on the side so um But I think to answer your question directly, it's probably just not knowing where to start, right? Well, where do I start with this? Uh, follow up to me is not just, you know, a couple drip sequences. To me, it's, it's more of like a process of how a system of, of how you do things when a lead comes into your, into your system. Uh, and manual and drip, all, all of it. Like, what is it that you actually do? Um, if you have a team that's much harder to implement because now you have to sit down and, and get everybody on board with it and how they're going to do it all simultaneously at the same time if it's just you if you're running slow it's easy You just keep try- just try out things and and but you, you make sure that you know you figure out what's the way of doing what's the the the, the way i'm going to do it and, and and do it from now on and uh hmm. so yeah it, it, it's a some in the process
1: Mm, okay. That makes sense. Let's kind of decomplicate it for people. It's funny. We were just at Carrot Camp last month and one of our investors stood up and he's talking about how he's got deals slipping through the cracks and his, and his acquisitions gal in the office is like, deals are slipping through because she has a flexible work schedule, but he doesn't want to let her go. She's a rock star, but it's just anyways the point is somebody's not in the office at all times to get back to people and so he's like i know that we're losing deals uh, but i don't know what to do and for a lot of us it was obvious like you just need a solid crm you need some drip campaigns like just you know automate this um where do you where do you yeah where do you start
0: so i so in Om- i'll just tell you what we what what i set up with on drip so yeah so how i look at it is is a is a large pipeline or funnel and from beginning to end once a lead gets in, there's a bucket you can place them in. There's and those buckets have you know the conversation, it has the call to action for them. Um, and um whether or not you do this manually or doesn't doesn't matter. But the point is is as soon as a lead comes in, um there's a there's a bucket for it. So if it's a missed call, there that's my sequence. I have a missed call sequence. I think a lot of a lot of CRMs have that. But the how I look at it, how I look at everything. Regardless if it's real estate, it's a print shop, it's a coach, whatever it is, um, there is a a a journey that 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 a lead takes, and there's many sales that you have to make along the way. So what I mean by that is when a lead comes in, what's the next thing? That what's the next sale I have to make? That sale is I got to get, for one, I got to I got to get on the phone with them. Like it's a form, if it's a a filled form, it's a missed call. You got to at least get somebody face to face or phone to phone, ear to ear um to them immediately. That's the next sale you have to make. Um after that it's an appointment, right? If 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 you if you if that's your if that's your process in your business. If you have somebody who does the type of initial inquiry on the phone and then it goes over to a, a lead manager, acquisitions manager, um that's whatever regardless, the next um sale is an appointment. So so that's my my call to action in that bucket, in that sequence. Uh, from there, it's you we're making an offer, and from there, if they haven't, you know we're sending them a contract, et cetera, et cetera, moving them down the pipeline. So so that's how I design you know, follow-up systems is based off mm-hmm. of what's these like initial what's these little sales we have to make. I can construct the the messaging around that, around the call to action, around the problems and the pain, uh, the emotions uh, getting into the next thing because, Right. To get, people are hunting for deals, rather, you know, you should be hunting for leads. And when you have that lead, you're hunting for them to get on an appointment with you to, to give them an offer. There's a huge, there's a huge journey that you have to take before that you actually get the deal. Right. So, mm. um, so, so yeah, we have, I have about 20, some 20 plus sequences um that, that all, I mean, they all fit a, some something. That happens in a, an event that happens. So if, if, if the seller tells you that the offer is too low and it's a landlord, there's a sequence for that, you know, that, that leverages that objection that, um, that brings up credibility about the offer, et cetera. So, um, we have, um, selling delayed type of sequence. So if, if, if the seller expresses they're not ready to sell yet, um, uh, they will down the, down the road or they're keeping the house. Um, that's, there's a bucket for that. Um, that leverages that. So the next thing is getting them on an appointment, right? To um, it's kind of a long term because they're they, they have whatever whatever is in the background uh, holding them up. We um, understand that, so we're leveraging that whole that whole situation. So,
1: hmm. okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I I didn't realize you had over twenty different follow ups. That's crazy, and I, I like the way you described it as like the mini sales along the way. Because typically, when I think of follow up. I think of how most companies follow up with me and it's like, okay, they captured the lead. The sale is, you know, it's like two sales, you know, we got the lead and then, you know, the deal, but in between, it's just a bunch of noise. It's just incessantly bugging me with like, Hey, did you hear about this thing? Did you miss this thing? And just, it, it feels like just random. It is know? random.
0: It, a lot of them are random. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have an appointment today with a solar guy. Um, even though my wife did it and, I, I I don't care to get solar right now, but so <laughs> so there how they generated us as a lead is they were door knock. That's that. So they, they the first sale they have to make is getting getting their foot to the door to have a conversation, and then they they, they accomplish that and they got they book an appointment. But now they got to keep that appointment, right? I'm I'm about to cancel that appointment, but they got to that, that's that's something I do for some companies is initiate like like in the in between as well because you know um, making that appointment um you know that that could that could break right there so um sending out um uh, sending out information on like what's to happen uh building up credibility about your business in between before that that uh, appointment is, is uh, actually happens um does that make sense i was kind of rambling there. yeah I, I, no that
1: makes sense I so try kind to of like a healthy
0: appointment is what i'm getting at like i'm a big believer in pre selling that appointment because um the appointment is you know when i i don't know who the heck is who the hell is going to be showing up at my door i don't know who the person is i'm not really interested at all um but then there's a little bit of so there's barriers up there's automatic barriers up just for that appointment right um well let's help let's help break down those barriers not necessarily going to actually remove them all the all the way but we can help break it down and make make the make the appointment a little easier for the sales right
1: um, so that's just some, you know, like a what, you know. what to expect sort of thing, or, you know, Hey, we've got this appointment coming up. Here's some of the questions I usually get. If you wanted to take a look at this list of questions, here's, yeah, something like yeah. that or
0: yeah, a credibility packet, which is that a lot of investors use sending mm-hmm. them a credibility packet t- talking about the person who's actually going to be showing up, um, bringing up the benefits again of, of what the company, of, of the offer, the product, the service that the company does, um. That's yeah, just one thing. I mean, I, we do have, we do have a, a, a booked appointment, um, sequence. In um, mm. it's not very, it's just, you know, just less than a handful of, of tasks, but, um, it's again, to volley up, to help volley up the, 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 the acquisition manager during that appointment. Right. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, we, we have like 20 something, um, that to me is uh, most people I've never heard anybody complain. Actually, I've had heard one person complain that <laughs> much. And, um, and when you, when I peeled the onion a little back, I found, find out that the person doesn't even really work his CRM. So yeah, it's a lot if you don't even work your CRM, if you're not in your CRM. Um, but it's, it's, you only, you only change a sequence when something happens. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's manual tasks in there anyway. So it's not like it's, a, like I'm not a, a big believer in 100% automation. I think that turns into a rat's nest. So, uh, so, so we, so you have to actually physically tr- uh, initiate a lead into a sequence and o- that only happens when something changes. So, so for example, if the lead misses an appointment, we're well, going to get in the CRM anyway and take notes. So you might as well just turn on a sequence for that that leverages that whole event. And the whole call to action for that is to rebook that appointment, right? So we're sending them, you know, the, the, Accounting link if if the investor has a county link, we're sending them we're asking them to reply to get their offer again. Uh it's all about just getting getting them to respond again to to get that offer.
1: Mm. Right. So, so you're not so you're not automating right off the bat what you're saying. You 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 don't believe in over automation. You don't want to like automatically every lead that comes in, hook them up to a sequence, more so uh, do have your first touch point be manual, and then the investor can decide, okay, this is the appropriate sequence for them. plop it yeah out, right?
0: Yeah, so we design it we design it in two ways. One, you can do it um, like where, where a sequence is is triggered right away it, either manually or or automatic doesn't matter. You get a lead and you can trigger a sequence if you want or you work the, the lead a little bit more and if you decide you know like this person's not really responding, um, if you put them into a sequence, right. So, um, you can work in either way.
1: Okay. Okay. So tell me about, um, tell me a little bit about the difference and like style of follow up, uh, for, let's say like a cold call lead, like somebody have cold called, um, versus, um, an SEO lead that that's really motivated. What are the two different approaches there? And we can, if, if you know the copy off the top of your head, I'd be happy to like role play it or, you know.
0: We never design anything for those two different leads. So what I was, uh, I've gotten people to ask about well, what about SMS leads and the cold call leads. Um, I've always advised people to work those m- manually uh, a little hmm. longer before you actually activate anything. Uh, those take hmm. a little longer to actually, um, to actually be considered a, a lead anyway. Right? More, so,
1: more questions and more qualifying. Is that what you mean? Yeah, more.
0: Yeah, exactly. More qualifying. Okay. More making sure you're they're 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 even a lead right now. Make uh, sure they
1: have a house. <laughs> make
0: sure they have a house? Yeah. Make sure, <laughs> make sure they have a, a heartbeat. So, right? so, yeah. Um. So yeah. So I, I don't really have anything in mind of like, um, like what to say to those people. I'm not. I'm definitely not a cold calling expert. I used to cold call, but definitely not my my realm of expertise. So. Um, we just focus in the leads that come into your that, that people have raised their hand and said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm issuing your offer," uh, and then what to say after, after they they raise their hand. SEO is is probably the easiest lead, to, almost easiest lead to convert. So, um, you know, those those majority of them convert a lot faster than the cold call, obviously. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on each lead is gonna is gonna be different, but it just depends on. Where they're at and where you're going to move them into your pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, as lead that, you know, he, he's he's interested, but he's not going to be selling um, until three or four months down the road. Uh, you you plug in this the selling delay sequence, or you give him an offer and 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 they express to you that they're fixing the house themselves. Well, I plug in and plug into the to the fixing house um, fixing the house themselves sequence, right? So so these sequences only work when something actually you have information you have to have information first and and something changes along the road along the road
1: gotcha okay so it's much more tailored specific follow-up per the scenario instead of just like we're talking about random automated okay
0: yeah so rather than just bulk marketing to everybody right it's more it's more tailored for that specific lead.
1: yeah okay that makes sense you were talking about uh people getting into their CRMs and needing to know how to work the CRMs. Where, where do you see people going wrong with their CRMs, whether they're like getting stuck in the weeds or they're like messing stuff up? What are some of the mistakes you see people making? Uh,
0: that, that's a hard question. Cause I mean, the biggest mistake is they're just not, they're not in their CRM every day. I, and, I, and that's like, that, that's probably the biggest differentiator right there, where I see clients who are really, are doing really well. Is they, they, or somebody else are, um, or a trusted person um, is in their CRM almost daily. Mm. Uh, even on sometimes even on the weekends, on a Saturday, they're looking through their CRM and they're asking, you know, what leads, um, what they're looking through the notes and seeing, did we miss something here? Um, is there mm. something else I can do to to work this lead to convert them over? Uh, so yeah, that that's probably the biggest differentiator. They're in it every day, um, looking through it. So.
1: And people just not spending enough enough time in their uh, in their CRMs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. That, that's the biggest one there. That's okay. what I see at least from my with my clients.
1: Yeah, you had also mentioned um we had kind of touched on uh over automation. Where do you feel like like technically speaking where do you feel like the the balance is between uh manual and automation? Cuz like I've tried automating things before. Or I have I have things that are automated uh but I think you can easily get too excited be like okay this zap and this app and this thing and it's all patched together and all it takes is one little thing to break and then all the automation fails you know but then there's the extreme side of like we have some people like um like bo hollis um he is just super manual he loves texting people he'll hit him with you know 15 texts a day and that's just his style and it works to close it's very hamster we hamster wheel very manual but it works. Where Where's the balance there and like how much automation and where?
0: Yeah. I think that, so for one, once, once the lead responds, I, I don't... I know, I know there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of uh, hype right now on the, on the uh, AI chat box. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how well they work. I honestly don't know. So, I mean, I think last year we were, we were looking at one. When I say one, I mean a client where we they're looking at one. Um, it, it didn't work very well. It was. Mm. You can tell right off the bat it was AI. Now today, I don't know. It might be a different story. Um. So it it that doesn't answer your question, Mm. but I just kind of AI AI has been obviously we can we can always talk about AI, but I use AI almost every day. So um. So we can talk about that. But as far as where's where's the blend work? Where's where we draw a line between automation and manual? I I I think it's really a preference of person. Like uh, Bo, for example. Made it work for him, but in Omnidrip, I know that we we make it look. You know, it, it, the text me- text messages are automated; they're getting sent out. For except for maybe a handful, we actually we actually send out a task for you to to send a, a message, um, and that has to do with the the context of the sequence. But um, but for most part, ninety nine percent of it, we're sending in automatic text, and automatic email. Hmm. Uh, I try to make it so that. As much as possible, the text sounds like, looks like it's coming like directly, like person is thumbing the the message right then and there. Um, there's just yeah. like little hacks you can do uh, to to make that feel. Um, but that that's you know at the end of the day though, a- after somebody responds, I do believe somebody needs to be there to to manually respond, and that's where you know you can mm-hmm. then you, you get into a whole rabbit hole of texting them 15 times a day because you're actually in in the, Respond to the with a warm body. Uh, and yeah. I think that's where you probably draw the line of of automation versus manual. Um, and, and manually triggering this. I mean, some clients, not a lot, but some have asked, is there a way to automatically initiate these, um, these, uh, sequences? And there isn't. And I, 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 and I tell people don't do. It. I mean, that's where if you, if everything is 100% automated, where somehow an offer too low sequence gets triggered out automatically. Then what's going to happen is you're going to have a person that is in like three different sequences at once
1: Mm. and
0: be a chaotic mess.
1: So basically let me me see if I'm, I'm tracking with you, the investors that you're working with, you're seeing it work better as a, as a safety net to stop deals from slipping through the cracks, to try and close more of those deals, not relying on it as, Hey, I've got a warm body, not to try and work the lead uh, like a hot lead for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you have a hot lead right now, I, yeah i i my, my opinion is you work that manually uh because that is sales is sales is uh you know i know that there's templates and there's blueprints for sales but in my opinion sales is much more uh, the acumen type of type people
2: of yeah it's
0: yeah it's where you to me a good salesman has the ability to shift maneuver around the conversation listen like here's a really good example i talked about this in another podcast i was on and um i had a problem with my internet and so i called the internet company um and the guy uh dismissed my problem and then went into a a pitch for like some kind of phone service i'm like (laughs) what's top of mind right now is is my internet like i'm about to cancel you guys and you want to go upsell me to a phone service like uh, so, so that is an example of of them sticking to it. I can I can tell they're sticking to a template. Like it was probably, hey, this week our offer is this phone service. Make sure you you plug this phone service, in,
1: <laughs> right? So is it tell- is it Charter? Is yeah. it Charter? <laughs> it <was> charter. Freaking <laughs> Charter, man! I hate. I had to cancel yeah. them. I had to go back with them. I can't stand them. I, it's like I know when I call to cancel. I have probably canceled Charter like three times over the years. And when I call back, I'm like. Okay, Brady. I gotta coach myself. You're gonna be upsold into some crap you don't need. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Best so, example of the worst sales, <laughs> right?
0: Um, and then the and then the the following week, there was a salesman to sell me on internet, and he was the best. He, I think sales gets a really bad rep because you think of, um, you know, the guy who's 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 not listening and pushing pushing you into something you don't want, and so. Yeah. I think uh, the the other day I had a salesman for internet, you know, same same kind of example, but he was probably the best salesman I ever spoke with because he was he answered everything that was on top of my mind. He maneuvered around my problems. So what I'm getting at is that can't be automated, right? You know, I, I mean, maybe maybe chat, maybe there's an AI tool for that, you know, uh, but um but you know, there yeah, I tell people with on the Drip um work those manual hop right there's no there's no replacement for actually getting getting a feel and and dancing around that seller right
1: yeah okay i like that that makes sense um well let's before we wrap it up man let's let's talk about ai for a little bit what are uh what are you doing right now this is so at the time of recording this uh or october 5th this episode is coming out later in october chat g p t is changing rapidly just announced chatgpt d t four or excuse me not GT, gpt p t four but um uh voice and images uh voice and image input uh it's it's crazy i feel like yeah. this conversation will be outdated in two months or less <laughs> it anyways what what are you doing
0: yeah um so i use chat for content uh for article content generation and so i don't yeah, you know, I'm a little contrarian with AI, to be honest. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, AI, I think is going to be a really great uh, AI. I can speak for AI content generation. I can't speak about, for all the other work for all the other tools out there that AI does, but for content generation, uh, specifically words. And so, um, I think it's going to, it's a great tool for existing writers. Uh, I, I, I think it's far from being, and at, there's a, there's a lot of people, Big names that agree with me here, um, Jacob uh, McMillan. is is I, I go I'm butchering his last name, but uh, mm. uh, because there's not a when you try to generate content on a, on a push of a button, it's garbage. And, I, and I'm I'm saying that like I'm saying this as somebody who's tried multiple times <laughs> to make it work, where it's just yeah. you give it one sentence, one prop, and it produces for you decent quality content. Uh, you have to remember AI is pulling from the averages in the world.
2: It's yeah.
0: so it, so if you're a, if you're already somebody who produces content that's above average, and it's not very hard to do that to, to produce content above average. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. if you're already somebody that do that, that that does that, and then you have somebody produce for you below average content in place of what you're already doing. Uh, you know, it, I mean, you, you can see like. You're, it's not going to work. So, yeah, uh, for me, it hasn't worked tip for like emails, for email marketing. I have not published, um, well, and maybe I've done one or once or twice in, um, uh, for my clients and an AI, uh, generated email because we don't, because when you do that, the, the, the content is way far off, uh, uh, left, left field there, way far off what you typically do, even if you, Give it something to copy and emulate. Yeah, no matter how many mm-hmm. times I've done it, it does not do. It It does not emulate your style, your voice, and your conversation. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of people who are going to disagree, uh, and there's a lot of people that agree with me here. So, uh, so for as far as content generation depends, what you're doing now, how do I use it for article? I use it every day for articles. Is because I'm because if I'm just if the if the goal is just an article, and I don't really care about. I don't really care about like how consumable the the, the article is I'm gonna use AI right if I mm-hmm. if it's an article where I need it to be consumed every single sentence because there's something in there that maybe it's a maybe it's a link maybe it's um um maybe you know for consumption for education purposes maybe it's for my my client um then I'm not going to use AI because it, it just produces filler content filler content doesn't doesn't get read you typically so mm-hmm. that's that's my my take on on ai content generation wise but um yeah
1: i don't know I yeah so i'm um i'm i'm in the same boat as you like a little bit of contrarian on it there's there's reasons why i hate it reasons why i love it and i like what you said about averages like i'm like it's not too much harder to be above average uh this
0: is where ai is going to come into play so if you're a person who just Just sucks at writing or communication in general. Mm -hmm. Like, not because you can you can talk a document. You can, if you're a great speaker, you can speak into something and create a document these days, right? So, um, if you just suck at communication in general, you know, uh, most people are decent at communication. Then that's where AI is going to level the playing field. It's going to actually be you're going to be able to produce content now. Yeah, Um, it's going to not going to be very great. Uh, yeah. I, I hired somebody to write an AI book for me. I just because I was I wanted to prove myself wrong. Okay, I hired somebody yeah. who's a well known person in the AI world to write a book for me. And mm-hmm. so I gave him you know, he asked for some questions, I gave him the questions. Um there's nothing in the book I can use. He and I paid uh, paid a few hundred dollars for it. Um and at the end of it it was it was nothing I can really use. I can, mm, can't push it off. I want to, if, if I want to keep, you know, so, some decent record. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. um, so. so I'm, I'm using it as like, uh, I kind of see it for myself personally as a creative boost, you know, I've, I it would be neat if it could you know generate things from scratch and it probably could do better with better prompts um, we actually put together a, a chat GPT guide with the help of Brent Moreno and the marketing team at Carrot like different use cases for it and really a couple sections on like how to uh, like prompt engineering I think that's the the biggest thing is like understanding prompt engineering. What are the specific things uh, to kind of get Chat GPT on rails and to give it more context? That's where most people go wrong. Like, you have no context, you're going to get average or below average content out of Chat GPT. But I like using it for, um, like, say, for coming up with a name for this podcast title that we're doing, you know, X amount of ways to close more deals with follow up. You know, I'll say, here's my idea. Give me 10 variations of my idea. Uh, Just to kind of get the creative juices flowing to say, okay, here's another way to think about it. Or with an email, like, you know, I could take like one little bit of copy and say, hey, draft an email based off this bit of copy. And it kind of gives me like a framework to follow. But in reality, I'm editing like 80% of that email. um, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There's
0: definitely a lot of editing that uh, takes place after. I, I can, you can tell, it's funny what you can tell when there's an AI generated um, email that comes through for some uh-huh. reason, they almost always start off with, I hope this email finds you well.
2: It's like,
0: I don't know why Chat always produces an email that, that says, and then. The um, thing,
2: <laughs> go ahead. So,
0: yeah. So um, I, I agree with the prompting thing. So I, I've got like the folder with prompts that I've saved that work well. And for, for articles, for example, uh, like, like, so a, a tip for doing articles because I, I have a niche blog with, with a, with a partner, with a friend of mine. and um, uh, you really, it's not, you know, at first I was thinking that, you know, you just write one prompt and boom it spits out the article. 2,000 word article and, and never I, no matter how many times I've tried it, it never worked it. It was just garbage. Hmm. It was 500 words even though I told it to write 2,000. It seems to not follow instructions sometimes well. So you have to, yeah. so you have to, um, when something is that like intensive, and an article is not intensive, but but it's long. You have to work at it at sections at a time. Uh, you yeah. have to do its initial prompting of what you're going to be doing, telling them you're going to be working at one section at a time, and you go on to the next section, next section, next section. So yeah. you have to have an outline already in your mind of how you're going to do it. So
1: um, so here, here's something I learned. Uh, here's one thing I learned on, on that was um, it doesn't recognize word count, uh, like poor results based on word count. I've gotten better results, sometimes mixed, but with um, uh character count. So what I like to do is I'll copy and paste the response from chat GPT, put that in a Google doc, command shift C, I've memorized the shortcut and uh, highlight it and say, tell me the character count. And then I'll say, okay, I'm like, uh, this needs to be cut by like 25%. So I'll say, okay, if it's 2000, I'll say rewrite this for me in 1500 characters. And I've gotten good results with that, which is really interesting that knows characters, not words. The other thing that I, I just stumbled on yesterday, I was working with someone on my team, we we're writing an email and we kind of use ChatGPT to like give the flow, give the draft of it. And it it always, we joke about like ChatGPT wants to supercharge everything. We're, we're joking like ChatGPT is a car guy because it's like, are you ready to supercharge your deal flow? Yeah. And I'm like, who on earth says this crap? Yeah, like,
0: it, it, but. They so, <laughs> sometimes it makes, he sounds like that the internet guy with the phone trying to pitch me into a different phone service right it's so that, it, and it sounds like that i'm like you know and even if even yeah. if i take an example and say emulate this style he still goes into this you know the six the slick salesman trying to sell me a lamborghini um you know, yeah. so uh that makes any sense so uh it
1: yeah it takes so what i've so- what i've found is like i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but um, what I found is, uh, I used to say like, make this more casual that then it sounds like way too relaxed. It's almost like a hippie wrote it. Oh. So yesterday I tried write this with the vocabulary level of a sixth grader and it's, it actually did a lot better. It still missed the mark. It's still not how I would write it. But instead of saying, come to this extraordinary live event where we're going to teach you X, it said, uh, come to this cool thing we're doing. I'm like, hey, that's at least a lot more casual, that's more human,
0: yeah, yeah yeah, t- yeah, I agree with you. I've tried different i've I've said speaking of eighth grade levels fifth grade level, mm. you know all that, and it and it um still doesn't quite hit what I'm looking for again that that comes again i, I this is where um a lot of people agree, but a lot of people disagree with me uh i, I don't think it's a tool today yet for people who just want something to touchable. with a button. you have mm-hmm. to work at it and massage it and it's gonna more writers gonna be using it than not so right
1: I mean the honestly the biggest thing like you know i kind of I hope that I can use it for more content creation in the future, but on the flip side, I think there's danger in that because it can if we if we lend too much to AI it's gonna rob us our creativity. If we don't keep those muscles in our brain working, if we don't practice the art of writing or whatever it is, the thing that we're passing off to AI, we're going to get weak at that. And I don't, personally, I don't want to be in a spot where I'm so reliant on AI that my skills aren't sharp. I don't want to be in that spot. And so I'm finding the most value in it for like, um. Uh, a couple technical things like, let's say YouTube. So uh, this is in the chat GPT uh, slide deck we put together, but take a transcript from a YouTube video, which YouTube's give you an AI-generated transcript for free, put that into chat GPT, and I developed a whole prompt to give me chapters for it. So clickable chapters, aka timestamps, boom. Copy and paste those. A little bit of editing, um, but you can give it the word, character count, whatever, and paste that into the description. And that just saved me used to take 20 25, 20, 25 minutes to scrub through a podcast to do that manually mm-hmm. and now i can you know have it done in about 5 to 7 minutes yeah. um and then like uh taking an email or a blog post and giving the too lazy didn't read the tldr version of it like okay summarizes this blog post in two sentences you know i think that's that's yeah. kind of harder to that's hard for me to do personally be like what's the one sentence uh thing for this but Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. We've gone from follow up to AI. What else we got in the works?
1: You you using, uh, are you using AI in your follow up at all? Uh, For Omnitrip? Yeah. Um, For helping create stuff. uh, So
0: sometimes to create variations of things. um, But a lot of times um, it's probably, it's probably one, five out of 10 times that it actually is something that I would write. Uh, I would write. So um, yeah, I try to, I, I'll, if I need to write variations of messages, right. So um, I'll put in the chat to see what it says. And um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. So that's, that's only use of it for, for actual for Omnitrip right now. Oh, for yeah. research for, I use it a lot for research. So one, one of the things we do mm. is, um, is uh, we, uh, we, we, we um state specific, foreclosure sequences uh so so i have like my framework for wh- what what we say but each state is different as far as the laws and the timeline goes so mm. uh so i have somebody team use chat instead of browsing through google to f- kind of figure it out uh we'll, we'll have our client help us out like if, if they're available but chat can give us an answer to what's the process is, is this a non-judicial is this a judicial um Uh, foreclosure state, and what's the timeline? What's the nomenclature? That's a big one. Like, I want to make sure I have the nomenclature right. Like, uh, meaning, like, like, is it a you know? Do they use um uh a trustee sale? Do they use a notice of default? Whatever you know. So, I want to mean the chat quickly fills us in on that information.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. That, I mean, that's all, that's all I got for chat GPT uh, and for AI and for follow-up. I'm, you know, I'm curious about the chat bot front as well. Not because I'm like itching to start using chat bots, but I almost want to be proven. I don't know. Do I want to be proven wrong or right? Like, I don't think, I, I don't like chat bots. Uh, I hope that that doesn't become like the new standard to where, like right now you can tell if you're talking to a chat bot and I'm like, I think humans have the right to know that. Like, am I talking to a bot or am I not? I think where it's, where it's getting gray right now is like, I, I don't know if this is a thing pretending to be human or not. I hope that doesn't become the new standard. And so, um, I'm, I'm really just curious to see if there's anyone that is just really killing it with chat chat bots to where you can't tell just because I want to know who's using that technology. Well,
0: yeah, I, I really don't know anything about it. I mean, I know that there's a lot of ads for it. Um, this here's the thing with with AI. I think it's it's a it's so in direct response. You and I were talking about direct response earlier. You know you, what sells in direct response is is the hot new thing. And when you're a copywriter, you're always looking for like the new mechanism, the new um, you're looking for the trend. You're also looking for the new mechanism that can help sell whatever product you. Use. A lot of products are just something something restructured, and you find something that's new that hasn't been talked about, and then you blow that that new thing up. Right. So. Um, I think AI. A lot of people, a lot of direct response marketers are really uh, hanging on to the the cattails on it to sell whatever AI product that they can put together in, in, in a heartbeat, right? So mm. um, yeah. it, it's not. I don't think it's anything different from you know when they're selling FTX or is that, yeah, crypto, um, yeah, NFTs, and all the new crave. It, it, it the, it's only hot because It's only quote hot because direct marketers are taking advantage of, of, and I'm a direct marketer. So like, so I'm not like just throwing everybody under the bus here, but you know, direct marketers are taking advantage of this newness to to sell an AI tool, to sell an AI course, et cetera. So, um, doesn't it, does it mean that it's not anything you can use? Yeah. Of course I use it. Right. Um, but it's not something that's, that's, you know, life changing completely changing the whole business realm. I don't know. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me with that, but uh, that's how I, that's how I see it as a user of AI. That's, that's how I'm seeing it.
1: Yeah. I like that. It's not worth getting your focus totally wrapped up in. It's one of the shiniest objects right now. Like use it as a tool for what you can. Don't try to overthink it and say, how can I let this take over every thing in my business? Yeah.
0: If you want to get your emails opened, you know, throwing AI into the subject line if you want to get <laughs> right, if you if you want to get a bunch of subscribers put together a book about AI right yeah, yeah. Not, I I wouldn't do it because the, the kind of people you're gonna generate and and you're gonna lose kind of your, your relationship um, if, if you do it kind of lose the relationship you already have with your list but um, not to say I don't I never used AI in my subject line if the email was about AI definitely would have AI in the subject line but um, what I'm getting yeah. at is, is it, it'll, it'll, it'll boost your, your vanity metrics definitely.
1: mm Interesting. Okay. Well, cool, man. I think, uh, this has been a good convo. This has been fun for me. Um, hopefully helpful for y'all listening. Paul, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah. Just head over to, uh, reiomnidrip.com. Uh, you can get some samples there. You can get a demo of, um, how, how it's all done. I kind of gave you the demo of all the sequences, but um, kind of have a visual in the demo of, of, uh, of the pipeline funnel that we use.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. Um, everybody listening, go to carrot.com slash close um, to get some of our other follow-up negotiation content. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have already done a, a live panel. We'll hit, excuse me with paul with carlos from investor fuse and a few of our top investors that are really good at follow-up negotiation closing deals so uh that will have happened uh live already so go to care.com slash close and you can watch that follow-up mastery live panel uh but until uh until next time thanks for listening everyone we'll see you later thank you paul
0: all right thank you man